0: Welcome to episode 29 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Thanks for rocking with us once again. My name is Doug McCain. You can find me on Twitter at dmac underscore LA. That's at dmac underscore LA. You're going to find all news related to the Get More Sports Podcast right over there. So go hit that follow button for all your Get More Sports news right over there. But with 47 days... Until the NFL season kicks off, we're going to be talking some NFL right around the corner. The NFL is coming closer and closer. You got training camps opening up. But we're going to react to that Odell Beckham Jr. story. The OBJ story that was in GQ, Gentlemen's Quarterly. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little Zion Williamson. He just signed a $75 million deal with Jordan Brand. We're going to react to that and what it means for Zion Williamson and the future of the NBA and then I'm going to give you, you I'm going to give you my viral clip of the of the day viral flashback of the day you're going to see you're going to love that one today and then we're going to give you the top 10 receivers heading into the 2019 season so we're going to get things kicked off with Odell Beckham Junior, there's a lot to unpack in here, but we're going to get into it because I think it's really important. The Odell Beckham story, I think, is big. I'm fascinated with Odell Beckham Jr. He's probably the most polarizing player in the NFL, at least one of them, one of the most polarizing players in the NFL since Terrell Owens. And the the report in GQ was very, very interesting. And one of the things that uh, he he says he feels disrespected by the New York Giants. Quote, quoted by OBJ, he says, we were getting primetime games still as a 5-11 and team. Why? Because people want to see the show. You want to see me play. That's the real rap. I'm not sitting here like, it's because of me, but let's just be real. So, Let's just be real. Let's just be honest. That's what Odell Beckham is saying. He's saying, hey, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're the G-Men. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's a franchise that's one of the more flagship franchises of the NFL, a multi-Super Bowl winning franchise, one of the original NFL franchises with the likes of Lawrence Taylor and... and, and and Phil Sims and some of the greats that have came through the New York Giants. No, they want to tune in solely to see Odell Beckham Jr. And now I definitely agree that the NFL is a league that does rely on major markets, its brand names, its flagship franchises, the logos on those helmets. It's not a league that relies as much on just pure star power, and Odell Beckham Jr., is in that rare of handful of NFL players, that does get you to tune in. That does get you to watch. But to say that they were just watching because of you, Odell Beckham, I think that's a little narcissistic of you, even though I do agree to an extent. But look, that this just shows the problem. One of the many problems with Odell Beckham Jr. is it's always about him. It's always circumstantial about... They, 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 they. If you notice, who is he talking about? In most of his articles, he says the word they. I read the whole piece. I did a little control F. I did a little they count. And I got about 34 they's in this article with Odell Beckham Jr. Because it's always him pointing the finger at the other organizations. And I got to tell you, Odell Beckham Jr., you got to – you got to really understand that the New York Giants did you a favor, okay? You were unhappy in New York. It was clear, it was clear that they were under a rebuild and they brought in Saquon Barkley, drafted a quarterback, Eli Manning's days are numbered, and what did they do? They traded you to a situation that you were in favor of. You wanted to go to Cleveland. You wanted to play with your boy Jarvis Landry, your LSU Tiger. By the way, did you see that LSU locker room? $28 million, sleeping pods. I mean, geez, that was first class by the LSU Tigers. And I just wonder if the – we'll get into that later. But you put you with Javaris Landry, and you put you with Baker Mayfield, and you're a part of one of the hot teams in – in 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 uh, in the NFL, and the way you treat the New York Giants is by just bashing them constantly. Let me tell you this. the New York Giants are paying they are paying the Cleveland Browns 20 million dollars, 20 million dollars. They did not cut Odell Beckham. They gave him that bag 85 million dollar contract, and they are paying the Cleveland Browns eight 20 million dollars to not catch passes for the New York Giants, and that's how you're repaying them by just completely bashing them every chance you get. You're saying you felt disrespected. Look, a lot of people always get you confused with ODB and OBJ. Look, hey, Beckham, baby, you got your money. Don't you worry, okay? Like the big ODB song, don't you worry. You got your money. They did not cut you, and you're really, really in a situation where you don't have to just go back at the New York Giants you don't need to slander them you don't need to ruffle any feathers what you need to do you need to show us that you are this elite receiver okay that we're going to remember you I want to remember Odell Beckham for a Super Bowl for a big playoff catch I don't want to remember him from that circus catch that he made against the Dallas Cowboys now that was one of the greatest catches in NFL history You saw it, everyone tried to mimic it, you reached back, it really defied the laws of physics, the the laws of gravity. It was one of the GOAT catches that we have ever seen in the NFL, but let me remind you that the Giants didn't win that game. I think people need to remember the fact the Giants did not win the game where Odell Beckham makes that miraculous catch, and they really... A lot of games where he's he's really having big-time moments and big-time catches, yes, we see the talent. It's explosive. He's a guy that can take a slant and get you 75 yards to the house, but he's also a guy that's getting in fights with kicking nets. He's a guy that is really just not great for team chemistry, and I want to remember him more for things on the field, for accomplishments and achievements between the lines And one of the things that I have a hard time forgiving Odell Beckham about is 2016. In 2016, he's only really been a part of one winning team in his NFL career, and that was those 2016 Giants that he thought was a good idea to take him down to South Beach Before a playoff game in Green Bay, in Lambeau Field, and you know the famous picture, you got the whole gang, they're just posing like they're big time right on that yacht, and it looks cool, probably got 7 billion likes on Instagram, but then the Giants got absolutely smoked by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, and then also Odell Beckham Jr. did not have a great game. He had seven catches. He thinks they should have thrown out him more. But, hey, do I need to remind you how many drops you had in that game? He had three drops, one on a critical 30-5. And, and I just think that Odell Beckham Jr., the best thing for him right now is to go into Cleveland, be a good soldier, and really show us that you cannot be a distraction, that you cannot be this locker room cancer that everyone thinks you might be because really that's the perception of you right now. And I think it's important for him to just grab the bull by the horns, be the leader of the Cleveland Browns instead of worrying about the past. The thing about Odell Beckham Jr. is it's either the past or the future. It's what he wants to do. He wants to pass Jerry Rice. He wants to win Super Bowls. He wants to be an all-time great receiver or it's the Giants were disrespecting me everyone holds me to a different standard they don't hold Gronkowski and Tom Brady to the same standards they hold me it's always the past or the future with Odell Beckham not the present which he needs to focus on look I'll give you an Odell Beckham Jr. story I was in look I was uh, showing some folks around Uh, Rodeo Drive here in Beverly Hills. Rodeo Drive here in Beverly Hills. You know, you've seen Pretty Woman. There's the famous scene where she goes in the store and she comes back and they disrespect her. And she's like, big mistake, huge mistake. It's famous in tons of movies. So you got all the big names, Gucci, Channel, Fendi, Prada, all that cool stuff. I personally think they should open up a 99 cent store on Rodeo Drive. But anyways, I was there with some friends and family Showing them around, and who do we see driving up and down the street doing laps around Rodeo Drive in his or his Cleveland Brown Orange Rolls Royce SUV? It was none other than Odell Beckham Jr. He was doing it with the window down, going up and down the street. And yes, every now and then a kid would notice him, they would freak out, but it was. I just found I just thought it was a little bizarre. You had Odell Beckham. I mean, it's like he wants attention, but then he doesn't at the same time. He, I mean, trust me, ladies love Odell Beckham Jr. The top 10 players in sales, number one, according to the NFLPA, top 10 players in sales, number one is Tom Brady, number two is Odell Beckham Jr. Number three, Khalil Mack, number four, Sam Darnold, number five, Baker Mayfield, six, Patrick Mahomes, seven, Aaron Rodgers, 8, Antonio Brown, 9, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Saquon Barkley at number 10. So based on licensed products this year, those are the most marketable players heading into the 2019 season. And Odell Beckham Jr. saying, look, I'm marketable, look at me. But then when he gets too much attention and we have too much of an opinion about him, then he starts to freak out and he doesn't want to be that guy. So Odell Beckham Jr., you have to decide, do you want to be a Deion Sanders type? Do you want to embrace this hype? Do you want to embrace all of the circus that's going to surround you? Or do you want to be more private? Do you want to be a Jerry Rice? You got to make this decision right now because to me, it seems like, he wants two different things. He wants all the market marketability and all of the, all of the attention that comes with being a superstar, but then sometimes he starts to think it gets a little too intrusive. So Odell Beckham, I want to know what it is that you want to be. Well, being in Cleveland, that might help you help you to stay away from a lot of the drama. But uh, di- diving back into this article, diving back into this article one of the things that I think bother me just a little bit is that he's saying he wants Super Bowls and then he wants to pass Jerry Rice. He wants to pass Jerry Rice with the most receiving yards, the most touchdowns. He wants to be the best receiver of all time. And I got news for you, Odell Beckham Jr. You will not, you will not be passing Jerry Rice in your career if they need to do advanced drug testing or whatever I don't know what it is but get that out of your mind right now you will not be passing Jerry Rice Jerry Rice all-time 22,895 yards 109 touchdowns Odell Beckham right now he's got 5,476 yards and 47 touchdowns I did the math crunched some numbers for you guys out there and get more sports land And he would need 17,419 yards and an additional 150 touchdowns. So if you average that out, he would need about 12 seasons, 12 more seasons of his best season, which was 1450. And he's going to need a lot of touchdowns. And what bothers me about that, I went back, and, and look, trust me, shoot for the stars, you'll get the moon, I get it. But it just goes to show that he's always focusing on, instead of just trying to live in the moment, trying to just let everything add up, he should learn from Jerry Rice. Now, if you look at Jerry Rice, I went back, I read the piece from after Jerry Rice broke Jim Brown's record for most touchdowns. He says, this is a quote from Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice says, Jim Brown, I believe, was the greatest of all time rice told the washington post no one thought a receiver would be able to break a record like that we just don't get the ball in our hands that often it was never a goal of mine to break jim brown's record it was i was never focused on chasing guys i just went out and gave it up my 100 percent every single time i stepped onto the field he also said In his Hall of Fame speech, Jerry Rice said, you know, I never looked down the road and said, hey, look, one day, the Hall of Fame, it's always about playing each and every game 100%. And I thank teammates for getting me into the Hall because football is a team sport, not an individual sport. He said, football is a team sport, not an individual sport. And I think that Odell Beckham Jr. could learn from Jerry Rice. If you don't know the famous story about Jerry Rice, this will be our sports fact of the day, more like a sports story of the day. But Jerry Rice, he credits a lot of his success to his father, who was a bricklayer, okay? And his dad was a bricklayer, and he said that his dad would invite him to do jobs with him, and that Jerry Rice, 10 – 12-hour days, would get these bricks and brick by brick stack these bricks. And he noticed that it would really kind of callous up his hands and that it would make his hands stronger. And then he just used it as a metaphor. Catch by catch, brick by brick, play by play, day by day. And really, I think that that's something that Odell Beckham could benefit from. Get out of your mind a little bit. Stop thinking about the future. Stop thinking about the past. Just live in the moment, OBJ, because look, I'm not going to say he's not uber talented because he is. I'm not going to say he's not one of the elite receivers and possibly the most dangerous receiver in the NFL because he is, but... One of his issues, if you're going to knock any of his receiving talents, it is that his it's his drop balls. He does drop balls more than a Julio Jones or an Antonio Brown, and a lot of that is focus and concentration, and I think mentally Odell Beckham can improve in that regard but another another bothersome moment in the piece was when Odell Beckham was talking about. How he could have played another sport. How he could have seen himself doing something other than being an NFL superstar receiver. Here's the quote. The question was, you were an all-district basketball player. Golf Digest just called your swing beautiful. Yet you chose to play pro football, arguably the most oppressive sport when it comes to individuality. Do you ever think about how life would have been different with a different sport? And Odell responds, all the time, bro literally every day. So literally every day, especially on those days, I'm down. I could have done any sport in the world. Not many people know, but I used to talk to my mama and be like, mom, if I was done doing this now, would you still be proud of me? And this was a couple of years ago, about two or three years ago. So not just sometimes he thinks about what if he had played another sport. He says in the piece, Every single day. So you're telling me every single day he sees himself maybe wearing a Titleist hat with a tucked-in shirt with a little little blonde curl coming out of a Titleist hat at uh, the Masters or at the U.S. Open, or he's thinking about being a basketball or a baseball player or a track star. So every single day before you drive the football practice, you're telling me, Odell, that it creeps into your mind What would it be like to play another sport? To me, that's very concerning and very bothersome if I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, if I'm an Odell Beckham fan because, look, this is the NFL. This is the most physical, gruesome, brutal sport, really, other than UFC, other than real MMA fighting, on the planet – And it's a dangerous sport, and you need to be all in from a passion standpoint. And if you're thinking on a daily basis about different sports, to me I think that's one of the most concerning parts if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. And I also think – and that's just not the MO, okay? If you look at people that are the greatest at what they do, one of the commonalities there is they could never envision themselves doing anything but what they're doing. Can you imagine reading an article with Beyonce and Beyonce saying, you know, this is great. It's great to sell out, you know, 2,000 shows and have the Bay Hive and have all these platinum records and be one of the greatest singers to ever do it. But you know what? Every single day I wonder, what if I was an actress? Do you ever think that? What if I was, What if I was a radio show host? I mean, can you imagine? What would Beyonce fans think? Wait, so does she want to be this great singer that we worship? I mean, can you imagine the Beatles? If you ever see any of the Beatles movies, they're actually hilarious. A Hard Day's Night is a great watch, and they're really funny. Can you imagine that uh, they're on – they're doing a big sit-down interview, and the Beatles are like, you know, this whole Beatles thing's great. We just sold out the Hard Day's Night tour, uh, you know, 100 nights in a row. But you know what? Every single day we wonder – What if we were a great improv group, huh? What if we were an improv group? What if we were a hilarious traveling comedy improv group instead of being the Beatles? Wouldn't that bother you? Because I really think that that's one of the biggest things when you see people doing what they do best, it's that, hey, they don't let it creep in their mind that there's anything else they're doing because they love that thing so much. Beyonce loves singing. Beatles loves songwriting and all the great stuff the Beatles do. And all that great stuff, and it makes you wonder, does he truly love the sport of football as much as he needs to to really be a guy that can chase all-time great status? And I'm not saying he's not great. Trust me, I if, if, I he's the most electric player probably other than Saquon Barkley, his old teammate, in the NFL, but uh, I really think that's very concerning. And also, here's another question. This is another issue I have for the piece. He says, to use a name, do you think – here's the question. To use a name, do you think you've done anything more inappropriate than, say, Rob Gronkowski? He goes, probably not. It's the same thing. It's like, why can't I have fun? People tell me I'm supposed to be a role model. Well, what are they supposed to be? We are humans at the end of the day. We earn the right to play in the NFL, but we also earned a life of our own. I just had a talk – with my mom, and she agrees with the same thing. So, the issue I have there, don't compare yourself to Rob Gronkowski, okay? Because we know in American sports, if you win, if you win multiple Super Bowls, if you are a lock for Canton, if you're in the discussion for the greatest in your position, you just get away with more stuff, okay? You get away with more stuff, and here's the difference, Odell. Rob Gronkowski on the field is never a distraction. All he does is put his body on the line, his health at risk, taking hits, his back, his discs. He's risked it all for the New England Patriots. And, yeah, he's a fun guy who likes to party up with the Rob Gronkowski, uh, with the Rob Gronkowski, who I believe is involved in Get More Sports in some capacity or was – Um outside the lines, but Rob Gronkowski is a guy that you never worry about between the lines. You never get those vibes. If he's not getting the ball, is he putting tension on his quarterback? Is he mimicking peeing on a opposing team's touchdown end zone is he beating the living crap out of a kicking net? Is he causing distractions on the sideline? Really, you don't see that with Rob Gronkowski, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. Now, what I do want to get into is one uh, one thing I really did really like from the piece from Odell Beckham is I love this part. People said, uh, one of the questions was, people were accusing you of being gay and... And trying to question his sexuality. And his response was there was a period of time when a lot of gossip sites, specifically black gossip sites, would constantly say that you were closeted. They called you excited in a hot tub photo with your teammates or simply just say you're gay. How'd that make you feel? His response, i i I've never had an opportunity to talk about this honestly wasn't offended I've never once had no problem with anybody who has their own personal life that they live I have friends who are gay it was almost more funny to me I almost messed with them even more it's like when someone gives you me an ultimate ultimatum I'm usually always going to take the opposite way of what you want me to go, so when they would say that, I would almost mess with them even more. I have no problem with anyone 's sexual orientation it doesn 't matter i don 't care what they think of me. I love that with about Odell Beckham Jr because look he 's totally right in that situation it 's one, none of your business, and two, even if it was the case, it shouldn 't be a big deal, and all that good all that stuff. So I really credit him for coming out saying that because look uh, the NFL very macho masculine sport, the fans, this and that may not, maybe may have, may have issues with that. But look, Odell Beckham, he stood up. And I really liked, I liked him saying there. He's like, Hey, I don't care what you have to say about me, but look, the guy is an icon. The guy is must see the guy is box office. And that's what it is with Odell Beckham jr. Those are my takes on OBJ and my, we're going to wrap this up with OBJ though. I want to play this clip from Brooker McFarlane where he talks about how every winning player, all the greats, they just want to win. Play the clip with Booger McFarlane. It'll go well, Greeny, as long as Baker Mayfield can get him to football and Freddie Kitchens and the offense can work well and they win. All great players have one thing in common, Greeny. They want to win. Some of them care about numbers, but mostly they want to win. And as long as they are winning and he is is contributing to the winning process, Odell will be fine because great players think if they can't win and they're not contributing, then they need to help the team win. That's the way great players think. And real quickly, I just want to point out that, look, That's not going to be the case. I definitely disagree with him there wholeheartedly because, look, for a receiver, it's really one of the biggest paradoxes with receivers is that a lot of them become divas. A lot of them become very egotistical, but they have no control over their statistics because it relies on another guy throwing them the ball. And, look, I'm telling you right now that winning is not going to be enough for OBJ and the Cleveland Browns. They have to win – while he stars while he gets his or it will not be okay especially for a guy how do you expect a guy that wants to, ch- to chase Jerry Rice's records to be okay with not getting his number so definitely agree with you there Booger McFarlane but that's what we got on OBJ and that story with GQ And for today's viral sports video flashback of the day, we're going to roll with Mark Sanchez's butt fumble. So, Mark Sanchez, he announces his retirement from the NFL, played for USC, had his best years with the Jets. He is calling it a career, and we're going to roll with the butt fumble. And he's got one of the most unbreakable records in sports. I know you heard of Cy Young's 511 wins. I know you heard of UConn women's basketball 90-game win streak, UCLA's 88-game win streak, Cal Ripken's consecutive games, Jerry Rice's career receptions, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game win streak, Wayne Gretzky's points, the Oklahoma win streak, and all that great stuff. But Mark Sanchez, he was on the Center top ten as the number one not top ten play for 40 consecutive weeks until it was beat. So you got to roll with Mark Sanchez's butt fumble. Here, play the clip. Check it out. Years ago, we talked to Tom Moore, then at Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here. And then then Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilford is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people, forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. So that's the butt fumble, just a little fun here. And Mark Sanchez, you had a nice career, a solid career. You won some playoff games. It's all love. USC quarterback, he had a great career at USC so it's all love Mark Sanchez that one just always cracks me up I mean if you tried to do that 10 million times you couldn't do it the butt fumble and they end up scoring on the play but real quick I just want to uh, touch on Zion Williamson he score uh he scored a huge contract with Jordan Brand. So Jordan Brand does not like to overpay for athletes, but they signed him to a 7-year, seven $75 million deal with Jordan Brand and it was a big deal for Jordan Brand because Jordan Brand, Carmelo, Anthony, Chris Paul, two of their current signature shoe guys, they're towards the end of their career. Russell Westbrook is currently the most the highest paid Jordan Brand athlete. He signed a 10 year life. No, he signed a lifetime deal with Jordan Brand a few years ago. And he's currently the head of the Jordan Brand, the face of Jordan Brand right now. But he's got about three, four years in his prime as a as his signature line goes, and Jordan Brand really needed this. They just signed Jason Tatum this summer, and you keep it. This was a great move for Nike, great move for Jordan, because Jordan is Nike, essentially, but their products, a little more expensive, a little more cutting edge when it comes to their basketball sneaker, because, look, the shoe that popped on Zion Williamson, that was the Paul George sneaker. Remember the whole Just Glue It incident? And that was a $110 sneaker. And Jordan Brand, you're probably looking at something like 140, 150, a little more sturdy of a sneaker that can withhold and withstand the power and force of Jordan Brand. But in the last 20 years, want to point out that that Duke really, they're they're putting out some signature athletes. Of course, Kyrie Irving's signature line with Nike's big. But in the last 20 years, here's my here's my take on Duke and Zion Williamson because it's great to see Zion Williamson, a Dukey. Rocking the ultimate Tar Heel in Michael Jordan. That's got to be a nice feeling for a Tar Heel nation. But really, they've only put out one all-star. One all-star in the last 20 years has come from the Duke Blue Devils. Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley III, Wendell Carter Jr., Quinn Cook, Seth Curry, Harry Giles, Rodney Hood, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie Irving, the all-star, Frank Jackson, Tyus Jones, Luke Kennard, Semi Oligé, Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumley, Miles uh, Plumley, JJ Redick, Austin Rivers, Jason Tatum, Gary Trent Jr., Justice Winslow. So hopefully he breaks that curse and becomes an all star for the Duke Blue Devils, but I think it was a great move for Zion Williamson to join the Jumpman. Zion and the Jumpman. Dude's going to sell a lot of sneakers, and he also took a lot less. It was reported that Lee Ning was offering him north of $250 million, but he stays with Jordan, and he guarantees himself a quality pair of sneakers that they're going to be able to develop around him. So smart move Jordan Brand and Zion Williamson on that one. And we're going to wrap the show up with a real quick top 10 receivers right now in the NFL. Number 10, I got A.J. Green. Last year, 77 targets, 46 catches, 6 touchdowns, but he's coming off that, that injury. He was on pace to catch 90 with 12 touchdowns, so I still got him a little lower on this list because of that injury. Juju Smith-Schuster, I got him at number nine on the list. Last year, 111 catches, 1,400-plus yards, seven touchdowns. What I love about him, though, is his yak, 617 yak yards. And with Antonio Brown gone, look for him to get even more targets. We're going to see how he fares as the number one guy, but I love him. He's tough, and he can get a real great yak yardage. Number eight, I got Mike Evans, probably one of the best jump ball receivers in the NFL. Last year, 86 catches for 1,500-plus yards, eight touchdowns. You're not going to get the yak you're going to get with Juju Smith, but Jameis Wimson, and then I also like him with Bruce Arians coming in at number eight. Then we got... Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. A lot of people don't like this big, you know, as him as because he's not flashy. He's not that big, sexy name in the receiving world. But all he did last year was just consistently catch passes, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, and he's going to be big. They're need. They're going to need to have him have a big year for the Vikings. So I got him come in number six. Michael Thomas. I could I could put him higher on this list, but Mike Michael Thomas. Really is an elite pass catcher. 1,400-plus yards, nine touchdowns. And Thomas, an 82.9% catch rate. 82.9% catch rate last year. He's got very strong hands. Probably by the end of the year, he'll be a top-three receiver. Tyreek Hill coming at number five. This guy's got the speed. Not your traditional receiver, but he has Patrick Mahomes throwing him balls. And last year, 12 touchdowns. And this guy, really explosive, explosive athlete. Number four, number four, I've got the guy we talked a lot about today. i got Odell Beckham Jr. If you want to talk talent, maybe higher, but as far as a complete receiver, last year, over a 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Look, the thing that with Odell Beckham, he's not the healthiest guy, and he's a little injury-prone, so he's not as durable as some of these other guys on the list, and that's why I had him all the way down at number four. As far as talent goes, up there with the best one, but I got him at number four. And coming in at number three, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Really, this guy is one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's a guy that's tough. He's a guy that gets big catches in clutch situations and has some of the strongest hands in the NFL. And then the top two, you got Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown has a lot to prove playing in Oakland. Last year, 15 touchdowns, 1,297 yards, 104 catches. Derek Carr is a guy that can give him the ball. Gruden's going to be creative, and you know he's going to want to put a big numbers, being his first year outside of Pittsburgh. He wants to show people that it wasn't about Ben Roethlisberger; it was about Antonio Brown, and then the number one receiver in the NFL. He's about to get a bag pretty soon. I think he's going to get an extension the next couple days. Is Julio Jones last year sixteen hundred plus yards, eight touchdowns? He's got the the toughness, the strength, the explosion. I just love me some Julio Jones, and no drama. The anti-Odell Beckham Jr., look, he's in a contract holdout, right? And no, he's saying, look, Arthur Blank got me. He's a billionaire, not even stressing about it. So I got Julio Jones coming in as the number one receiver heading into 2019. But that is going to do it for Episode 29 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, thanks for rocking with us once again. You can find me at DMAC underscore LA. Got a big show for you guys Friday. See you guys then, and I'm out.